You're listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Thanks for being with us today. As you know, our podcast covers all areas of business and different types of business organizations. Today's podcast is in the nonprofit arena, in particular, a nonprofit that provides service to its community in several ways by helping the working in need. Birch Community Services, located in Portland, Oregon, is a nonprofit organization that provides food and goods to those in need. But something that is unique is the financial management education and counseling it offers to those they help. I'm pleased to have with me today Dino Biaggi, Sustainable uh, Family Program Manager of Birch Community Services, Services, to share how this organization has helped people on many fronts and what might make Birch an exception to other similar organizations. Welcome to the podcast, Dino. Thanks, Clouser. Hey, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came uh, connected with uh, Birch Community Services. That's a, a fun story that kind of started by accident. I first heard about BCS as kind of the acronym that we go by uh, in 2010. My wife and I had moved from California uh, up to Portland for me to finish my undergraduate. And some friends of ours and family said, hey, you need to check out Birch Community Services. They're doing some really great work. Why don't you go and just take a look? And so I did and started volunteering because I thought it was a really neat organization. Uh, And then partway through that year uh, and volunteering, Suzanne Birch, the executive director and founder, said, hey, Dino, why don't you and your wife come on to the program? Mm -hmm. At the time... Uh, we were finishing up my undergrad, and we were trying to do it without debt. Mm-hmm. And so being on the program in 2010 allowed us, I think for us it created about $300 extra worth of money that we could then put towards tuition. Uh, and in our case, it went really well. So we were on the program from 2010 to 2012, uh, finished my undergraduate uh, in biblical studies and psychology, and did it without debt. And in a large Good part, thanks to uh, to BCS to help do that. Mm-hmm. And then we left and carried on with life, stayed in contact with Birch Community Services. And I had got a, a position as a financial aid counselor at a local college and working on grad school at the time. And I was interested in a topic in financial literacy and higher education because that's what I was doing in my day job and thought I'd try and study a little better for school. And so in that study process, um, Barry and Suzanne came over to our house to meet our son. And she asked me a couple questions about how the work was going. And sure enough, I said some things that kind of piqued her interest and I could see the wheels turning, but didn't quite know what she was getting at and left it at that. And about four months later, she called me up and said, Hey, Dino, uh, what are you up to? And led to that, led to the conversation of the um, potential option for me to take this position Mm -hmm. that they were just starting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went through interview process, um, really loved what was happening and what the position would be, and pursued it, got it, uh, signed the papers on New Year's Eve 2014. Uh, and then start about a month later. Mm-hmm. On, on your uh, financial counseling, uh, you mentioned your degree was in. Um, remind me, was it so my a, my degree is in um, organizational management. Mm-hmm. So how did you uh, augment that with the financial aspect to, to be able to help people? 
Yeah, the the premise of that degree, particularly when it came to the thesis, was we had to solve a problem in our workplace because it was contextualized with our work context in terms of the degree because they wanted to put it in practice, that which we were learning. So my context at the time was a financial aid counselor. And one of the things I kept coming up against was working with adult students who weren't aware of the borrowing trajectory that they were on. Uh, and at that time, you could borrow up to $57,500 as an undergraduate student. Uh, and that proposes a problem when you graduate and the subsequent monthly payment that that comes with, along with rent, uh, car payments, trying to raise a family. Like It just eats into the margin. So I saw this trajectory and said there needs to be something done about this. And so I paired my day job with my research and tried to figure out more uh, systemic help towards folks who are trying to better themselves with education but burying themselves at the same time financially. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to find this niche of how do I help students borrow less and how do I help them maybe not borrow at all and yet still get the same outcome, which is uh, a degree that they could then turn around and monetize to help provide for their families better. Mm -hmm. That must have been uh, freeing for you, though, to come out of uh, college and the education process and not having the debt. It, transformative is a really good word. Mm -hmm. um, just in terms of our financial situation, we didn't have that payment mm -hmm. lingering. Um, and thankfully, we were also able to do, my wife and I was also in the master's program, we were also able to do that debt-free. And so wow. for me, there's this passion to help families live a debt-free life because it creates opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I love, especially at, at BCS, at Birch, I get to help families create and then capitalize on those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So how was uh, Birch founded? I mean, how did this organization come about? Uh, and where the idea about being something more than what I would call, uh, say, a traditional food bank? Yeah, it was started by Barry and Suzanne Birch um, by accident. That's how I describe it. Uh, they had a f friend from the Union Gospel Mission call them in 1992 and said, Hey, uh, Barry, I know you've got some friends and family. Um, we have some extra bread that we can't use. Could you use it? And he's like, Sure, great. So he took these loaves of bread. I think it was like five pounds of bread maybe. I don't know. Was that like six loaves of bread perhaps? <laughs> and passed it out to his neighbors. And the next day he got another call. And it just kind of snowballed from there in terms of the food. But then the approach towards utilizing product to pay down debts and build savings, the financial literacy aspect, was embedded into their marriage. When they got married, they both came from really unfortunate background, um, finance history in their previous marriages, and just a lot of chaos around finances. So they'd committed together to have a debt-free policy in their marriage. And so they spent the first, like, nine months getting out of the debt, and then moving forward, since then, they've been debt-free. I see. So uh, how, do, how do the people that you uh, help and counsel, how do they find you? It's primarily two ways. First, and probably the longest-standing way, has been families who are on the program talk about the program to their friends and family. And so they talk about the product. They talk about the f fruits and vegetables, the dairy products, the meat products. Uh, they also talk about 
the boots from Danner. They talk about uh, appliances that are donated. They talk about mattresses that are donated, like all these kinds of products to their family and friends. And then they, in turn, talk about the savings that they have. And so they're telling their family and friends as they go through life about the impact of this program, and that draws a, a large amount of people. The other way, and this is more recent, has been us partnering with other nonprofits, other organizations, even large HR departments within businesses to help reach out to their folks and see if they would refer them onto the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, I think the uniqueness. Uh, well, there, what the unique thing about Birch is what I mean in the counseling program versus I, I like to say it's a. And the title of our podcast today is a uh, uh, giving a hand up, not a handout. Can you speak to that? Yeah. So we use we see the product as a um, creating a platform for families to pursue financial health, and so part of that is we ask for buy-in from the families. And the, the, the big two things that we ask for is time and money, the two most important commodities to people. Uh, and we ask for it in the form of a, a $70 monthly fee that helps cover our operating costs. And then we ask for you know, volunteer hours. So every family in the program volunteers at least two hours a month. And that combination gives them that much more ownership of the program. Mm-hmm. And then as they go through the program, uh, they use the product. It frees up money they would have spent outside in the community, like at Winco or Safeway or Costco or wherever, uh, which then get, gets to repurpose to paying down debts, increasing savings. And that's where my role comes in. And I help families figure out what's the best use of that freed up money. Yeah, so what's, what's your approach? Uh, so, you know, a couple of family comes in. Um, well, first of all, do you uh, do you take everyone that applies? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. Um, no, we don't. Um, part of our requirements in serving the particular niche that we do, which is the working, struggling families, is that families can't be on food stamps or TANF, um, and they have to be working or at least in the process of looking for work. Now, part of the reason why families come is that somebody just lost their job. Uh, and so we give them time, of course, to help find a new job. Um, but those are the two other parts, or the three parts that it requires to be on a program. Mm-hmm. And so the counseling, the financial uh, counseling program, well, maybe the whole program is uh, 15 months long. Is that correct? Or? It varies from family to family, which is why the our program and the financial literacy piece of it is so unique, because... As a family comes onto the program, uh, they fill out a financial snapshot. So just big picture numbers, debt, savings, income, all that good stuff. Uh, And then I meet with them. And they've been on the program when they first come on, usually about two months at that point. So they're starting to see the impact. They're starting to feel uh, the pressure and the stress being relieved because they don't have to worry about where to get the groceries from. They don't have to pick the light bill or feeding the kids. And then we, I ask two general questions, and then we dive into the details. And the first is, tell me about you and the family. Uh, because I need to know the backstory before I can address the math, because the story drives the math. And so we spend the first part of our time together 
I ask them about their kids. I ask them about their work life. I ask them about the family dynamics, what's happening in life, a little history. And then I start digging into <clears throat> some of the details financially, big picture, and then I start plumb lining into specifics because I'm paying attention to what they're sharing in their mm-hmm. story so I can pick up on that when we get to the math because mm-hmm. now I understand it better. So the uh, entire family participates in the counseling? Uh, it's typically couples, um, although because I meet with families during the day, the working spouse is working. So I'm usually, if it's a married couple, I'm usually spending time with the stay-at-home parent. Uh, if it's a single parent, then it's usually later in the day. But it's usually one or the other, but I prefer both. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Anytime there's a couple dynamic, if I can talk to both of them, then I can see the whole picture. Yeah. So the people, uh, so from your, uh, you've been doing this now quite a while, so uh, I'm sure that not everyone that participates maybe is successful in getting their finances yeah. uh, under, you know, managed uh, properly. So the que- the question I'd have for you, Dino, is uh, where do you find that the successful ones are successful with how they take what you're helping them with? Yeah, that's probably the million dollar question is and I think that I want to be careful not to generalize too much Mm -hmm. but one of them the more consistent themes that shows up in families that do well and that's relative to each situation uh, is teachability so someone's not teachable uh, I can give them numbers and ideas and plans till I'm blue in the face but if they just stare at me like I'm a brick wall, uh, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the families who are teachable and want to make change, and not just like how do we make the math work better, but systemic change so that way how do we never n- not find ourselves in the spot again, right? the, dealing with systemic root issues. And so folks generally stay on a program about 36 to 40 months, and that's usually kind of the sweet spot for the families that do well. Mm-hmm. Um, some families are on like two months and they find like, ah, that's not a good fit. Other families are on for over 10 years mm-hmm. because what originally started with a job loss is now related to a round of cancer. Mm-hmm. Or were they in a single income home and then the breadwinner passes away. Mm-hmm. And so th- the reason why we spend time with each individual family so that we can personalize, so that I can personalize the council mm-hmm. and do it throughout their time there. So once they come onto the program, I'll meet with them, and then we'll do a yearly check-in after that officially. But I mm-hmm. tell families I'm an email away. Feel free to reach out to me. Yeah. So does there come a time uh, with the families that, okay, you've gone through the however length of time it is on the counseling that then – because um, you're speaking, and they're on the plan for say, num- you know, s- you know, a lot of months or maybe years, so uh, they can still take part in what the uh, organization offers, Birch offers, or are they just when you refer that they're uh, still on the plan that they're using the fund, you know, the uh, things that you've taught them, right? <clears throat> and that's a really big piece because you know, if we've helped families free up a ton of money, if I find out they're going to Hawaii every other month. Well, to us, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've only had Hawaii come up once, so this is, that's not necessarily what I consistently see. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that they set goals and meet them and are pursuing them. Mm-hmm. And that's, for us, the accountability for me to meet with them once a year is part of helping them 
are you setting right goals? Are you setting appropriate goals? Um, how appropriate are your process to reach those goals? And that's why I'm there to help refine that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people don't want to stay on this kind of program uh, for a long time. Others, it really helps because there are some really big challenges. Mm-hmm. Young kids, income's not awesome, uh, and they might be capped out where they're working. And yeah. so it might be a season where it's going to take them a while to dig out of the hole that they're in, mm-hmm. if that's the case. Yeah. So uh, is there uh, any success stories you'd like to share? I mean, was there that one family you thought, man, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to help these people, but, you know, you got them, got them turned around? Or? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I could fill your time with a lot of stories, but... There's a couple that stick out to me. One was at our finance class, and that's another piece I didn't talk about yet, is that all families on our program are required to take it unless they've taken something like it within the last two years of coming on the program. And this particular couple, as is classic for us, the wives are excited and the husbands are being dragged there. (laughs) It's something that we see time and time again. Um, And there's a lot of layers to that. I mean... I want to be respectful of the men who might be listening. Sure. Um, but there's elements of pride. There's elements of, well, I, I know what I'm doing, um, you know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And maybe just fear. Like, you know, there's a sense of, I've heard this from several husbands through their wives, that because they're on a program like this, they feel like they're not good providers. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. Um, but there's a lot of emotional weight that comes with that. And so this particular couple who came to this class, that was the scenario. Um, and what I heard later, so it's an eight-hour class broken up into two half Saturdays, this particular version. And I spoke with a husband on Wednesday. This was on a Saturday. This was last year. And he stopped me in the warehouse and said, Hey, Dino, I just want to tell you how thankful I am for your class. It was really good. I'm so glad to hear that. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. This changed our lives. I'm like, great, sweet. He's like, no, no. And he, he was adamant. He said that multiple times. <laughs> and he started to get tears in his eyes. He said, my wife and I have never, in the 16 years of being married, been able to talk about money ever. Wow. And in eight hours, uh, we can now. And they just let us know two weeks ago, um, that they have reached their goals and are transitioning off the program. And it's such an ad- amazing story. And I appreciate that because when, I, when we were talking, at the first part of the class, he wasn't that engaged, I could tell. Um, and by the end of it, he was really engaged. And that's why I talk about teachability as being such a key component mm-hmm. to success. Because he was willing to kind of say, yeah, I need some help here. And he embraced it and ran with it. And when I met with them as a couple about six months after the class, the smiles were bigger, the grins were bigger. It was just a really sweet, sweet time together. Uh, another story, we just had a couple who have been on the program four years. They're working between them three jobs plus a side business, so hustling, really trying to make it work. Uh, and in four years, paid off $29,000 in credit card debt. Good for them. And, uh, I mean, that's also like having a home and having kids. Um, And she just shared that with us three weeks ago. 
to say thanks so much for the program and the conversations I met with him multiple times, just kind of brainstorming ways to make the math work better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still going. I mean, they're still the, – the debt is gone besides their house, and now they're building the savings. Mm-hmm. So kind of my main emphasis when it comes to the financial counseling is let's get some emergency savings started going. Mm-hmm. Then let's deal with the debt. Pretty similar – process to Dave Ramsey's mm-hmm. baby steps, if you're familiar with that. Uh, and then once the debt is done besides the house, let's go back and rebuild the savings. So, so for some families, it's eight months. Others, it's eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, hope this isn't a silly question, but w- when you're counseling, do you find that you, is it more your financial uh, education helps you or your, you know, the, uh, you know, the emotional side of things? Because I, I would, I'm, I'm going to guess that it, it, a lot of it probably is emotional. Yeah, I think um, most of financial decision making is not made with what we know. I mean, most adults know what to do with money, but there's a huge gap between what we know to do and, and what we end up doing, or what we know we ought to do. Mm-hmm. And that gap is emotion. Most people make decisions out of emotions. Um, whether for good or bad, it's, mm-hmm. it's just where people make decisions from. So I spend most of my counseling time in that emotion space. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I really touch at what are the values in the value system that's driving your decision-making. And when I phrase it that way, most people give me blank looks because they haven't connected personal finance to value systems before. Mm-hmm. And so my view when you're talking about dollars and cents, you're actually talking about values. And so oftentimes in couples, it's a conflict of values. It's the issue, not the math. And so I teach and coach a lot of couples on how do you communicate about values. And so that's where most of it happens is not in the, you know, here's step four through eight right, to figure out how right. to pay the debt off. It's here's how you have a conversation with your wife without throwing something. So the uh, maybe the work you do you have to do then is to get uh, both the husband and the wife on the same plane as far as what the value yep. what the value is then. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, a large part of the work and the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet so. So okay, so um, my family and I we've we're uh, participating in the counseling, you know, the financial counseling. So uh, what all is available to them? to this family, um, to our family, since it's using me as an example, uh, it, it, at Birch. Because if uh, tell our listeners that if you went into Birch, you'd think you'd went into Costco, for instance. Yeah, it looks you know, like a lot like yeah, Costco. Yeah. So can you, can you explain what all is available to the families then? Yeah. So there's, on the product side, there's groceries for days. It just looks like a small Costco. Uh, there's household items. Um, there's the... Uh, big ticket items like bikes that are donated and tables and beds and such. Um, and then that's the on the product side. Then we also have two teaching gardens, which also adds a layer of sustainability to families so that, that we can learn how to grow or better learn how to grow some of their own food to kind of offset some of the more fresh costs of food. And then there's the financial literacy training piece, which the bread and butter of that is our finance class, uh, as well as some other specific classes, things like how to pay for college without debt, a personal favorite of mine. 
Um, retirement planning and investments, um, looking at obviously the long-term picture. Estate planning and wills is another class that we do. Uh, career development, so how do we position ourselves and what kind of work can we do and study and practice and learn and to create better income opportunities. Mm-hmm. So local uh, local businesses participate with you uh, on several f- fronts. Can you speak a little bit about that too? Yeah. Uh, most of the work that gets done at VCS is not by its staff. It's by volunteers, whether individuals or community or groups and businesses. So uh, we had a group uh, today, actually, come, and it was a day of service for this organ- for this business. And they gave us 137 individuals from their company and spent six hours with us. And they did everything from paint walls to breaking down 50-pound bags of flour so that families have access to more family-sized portions, Mm -hmm. uh, to clothing sorts, um, sorting all kinds of dry goods. And so if businesses come, in this example... They gave us hundreds of hours in one day and got a, a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. And the direct result of this is that going to be tomorrow when we're open for shopping, the work that they did today has now allowed families who come tomorrow, which will be about 200 families a day, is what we see, access to that product that they just broken down, which otherwise, had they not been there, they wouldn't have had access to it. Mm-hmm. So one of the main ways businesses get involved is through volunteering their time um, some businesses donate uh, money. Um, other businesses, we had a really great opportunity. Somebody in eastern Oregon, a huge potato farm, and asked if we can come and get it. Well, they had hundreds and hundreds of pallets of potatoes. We don't have the infrastructure or the trucks to deal with that. And so mm-hmm. a company who is in logistics had just come to us a week before and said, hey, how could we get involved? We don't have product, but we could help if it came up. Well, sure enough, it came up. Mm-hmm. So we called them, and they handled the trucking, they handled the logistics, the delivery, the driver, and they paid for it all. Mm-hmm. And so we had potatoes for six months. Yeah, and a lot of the food that you have uh, uh, in the food bank part is uh, donations from uh, local restaurants and other uh, food yeah. purveyors. That Correct. Yeah, we have over 250 product donors. Uh, some names you would not know. Other names, you were there this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are extremely grateful because we, each gift, each donation, we treat as a special one-off, even if they've been donating for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recognize that it's um, a generous act, and we isolate each act and extremely grateful for it. Yeah. So uh, back to where you started. So this uh, was started by... Uh, Barry and Suzanne Birch, yep. and so now Barry's Barry's passed on, and Suzanne mm-hmm. uh, is the uh, executive director, I guess. Or yeah. Or, uh, so you you have other people, and what? Uh, how many do you employ there, and then what? What are some functions that they perform? Sure, we have twelve staff, um, and several kind of key volunteers who volunteer every day. So Suzanne Birch is the executive director, uh, myself the program manager. We have an operations manager, Andrew Ouellette does a great job. We have a communications development manager, Madeline Allen. Uh, And then we've got support staff in the office, and we have warehouse staff um, 
who work tirelessly <laughs> yeah. uh, and all do it with a great attitude because that's another thing that is really big to us is creating an atmosphere where people feel like it's community. Mm-hmm. That's part of the gift of giving back and the volunteering is that you help serve one another by doing that. And so when families come on, it's not just here's some food, here's some financial advice, go away. Mm-hmm. It's how can we work and and serve alongside you so that we can do life together and encourage one another. And oh, mm-hmm. by the way, here's some food and here's some financial mm-hmm. counseling. Yeah, I think I, I I think that's the aspect that really uh, impressed me when I first became aware of Birch. And uh, so, what what would be uh, a, a, a need of Birch right now that uh, maybe if someone's listening, they might you know might be able to help if they're here in the local Portland, Oregon area. Um, you know, what can they do? Well, first it would be calling us and say, hey, can we come bring in a group and volunteer? I mean, that's a great way to kind of get introduced to the organization. Um, I mean, we're always thankful for monetary gifts, but we really value relationships. It's what we do with amongst our staff. It's what we do with the families, with our product owners. Um, and so even if someone is like a real estate agent, they're like, how do I, how do I get involved? Well, first come and, and say hi and and get involved. I mean, sometimes I've had folks who wanted to volunteer and end up, they end up teaching one of the classes because they had a skill set and an interest that fit really well with what our need was at the time. Um, and so it just vary from individual to individual company to company. But like I said, we had a logistics company mm-hmm. who didn't have product and couldn't necessarily volunteer, but they had a skill set yeah. that we really use from time to time yeah i know the uh the owner of the company that i work for uh we've uh donated some uh you know uh 53 foot trailers for use and you know those type of things and um it's great i I feel really good that our company you know has been able to help in that way so it's you know satisfying gratifying to us too so yeah we've got folks who have like cpa backgrounds who've helped with um tax forms and and things of that nature we've got folks in the trades and construction who have built parts of our building out um, or have replaced aged um, gear and material we've had folks donate compressors and forklifts and you name it Mm -hmm. what's the best way for uh, our listeners or maybe someone there uh, they might share this with uh, to get in contact uh, with birch and and with yourself so our um, website, pretty easy to navigate, birchcommunityservices.org um, or info at bcsi.org for an email. Um, really easy to get involved. Uh, we have a 24-hour donation hotline. Um, even if you call at 3 in the morning, someone will answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the two ways, yeah, birchcommunityservices.org and then info at bcsi. Yeah, I got one final question uh, for you. How how many families do you counsel with a week? Um, Usually between fifteen and twenty. And how long? And how long do you spend normally with those people? I average about forty-five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I have forty-five minutes to get to know the family if I haven't met them before, and figure out a game plan. And then I have to switch gears in five minutes and do that again with another family. Uh, so last year I had almost 600 meetings with families, official meetings. That doesn't count 
the hundreds of conversations and class hours and email interactions I've had with families. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a joy to, to sit kneecap to kneecap and do life with them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a great thing, and I really encourage uh, everyone that's listening to, uh, if you can't come by you know, to Birch, at least uh, look them up on the on the web at uh, birchcommunityservices.org. Hey, well, we're out of time for today. I really appreciate uh, uh, Dino coming on to share about uh, Birch and how they are involved with the local community. If you want to learn more about Birch, you can visit them, as I said before, and Dino said at uh, birchcommunityservices.org. And we'll also have a link on our website, clouseronbusiness.com. He will remind your friends that they can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, CastBox, and always at clouseronbusiness.com. Well, all for now, you've been listening to Clouser on Business.